0: We can do this. We're all caffeinated enough.
1: <laughs> I don't I'm... drink caffeine, actually. Pietro, or, I don't drink wow. Coffee, I should say. Pietro, <laughs> I drink you... caffeinated tea with some frequency, but coffee uh, doesn't agree with me.
2: This explains so much. I, you've seen kids in the hall, right? Sure. Yeah, not uh, extreme version of you would be the Kevin McDonald character that only drinks tea.
1: <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So let's begin this is a little Bit quiet it's the ferndale library podcast and it's brought to you by the friends of the ferndale library my name is jeff and we've already heard from pietro who is not caffeinated <laughs> yeah. pietro, say, say hi hello good morning and simon of course is here hello simon collects for our let me rephrase that simon develops the collection of movies that we <laughs> circulate here clearly i'm uncaffeinated and simon also runs a movie trivia night which yeah. is a hoot uh this is true it's a fun time coming up on june 5th there's a movie trivia event happening at 215 west it is the event space located right next door to soho in downtown ferndale what is the topic simon camp camp so let's talk about camp and what it is when we talk about camp films i think it's kind of had a kind of a fluid definition yeah it's
2: camp is infamously kind of hard to define i uh I have it I have most of a page of notes about various things on camp right now.
0: I think that um, people confuse camp and it blurs into kitsch and I don't Yeah. I think we need a border between the right. two.
1: I was wondering sort if of. it's really kind of a moving target as well.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Man. All right. I'm gonna Wait,
0: be Did I just say it had a fluid definition? And we're gonna talk about a guy with the last name of Waters. Oh sorry, that's a spoiler. <laughs> that's a spoiler for later. <laughs> go ahead.
2: Well, I mean, if I'm going to be a pretentious jerk, I will quote Susan Sontag. Uh, Please, go ahead. It's on camp. Mostly that it is culture in quotation marks. If I were not going to be a pretentious jerk, I would say it's like excessive. This is where you find out that I learned most of my vocabulary through reading and not speaking to other human beings. <laughs> so I don't know if it's pronounced pathos or pathos. Both. Both. Yeah. Okay, cool. Great. Excessive pathos and also like making the absurd reality. Also
0: gonna come in and say it is always about gender and the yeah. absurdity of gender <laughs> we're gonna get into that pietro i was setting up the mics and stuff here yes. in this library and i was thinking how long is it going to take before i bring up susan sontag and simon beat me to it, <laughs> it in the first three minutes because this is an amazing film critic uh who was highly active back in the 70s right and wrote this great essay that simon just referenced called on uh, notes on camp
2: yeah which actually came out the same year as whatever happened to baby jane
0: wow so, so.
2: camp has been around for a really long time <laughs>
0: oh that's right that's yeah, right huh? and who else i well we'll check our facts on this but i feel like other critics other kind of renegade critics like Jonas Mekas and uh, Lester Bangs got into the mix and they were like, yeah, this is trashy and we love it. Right. <laughs> this is our trash. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Can we point to a moment in history or a cultural event that's thought of as like the birth of camp? Well, I mean, Baby
0: Jane might be a good starting point. <laughs> well. But maybe that's when it starts going mainstream. I don't know. Or To, yeah. to
1: think about it like their, the nostalgia for the 50s and the 70s is sort of what pops to my mind as somebody who's not entirely well-versed on this. Sure,
0: Mm, sure. sure. Because there's a lot of that going on in in John Waters' films. Exactly.
2: Yeah, Yeah. I I would definitely, I would argue that camp has been around for as long as movies have been around, because I would argue that camp has been around as long as there have been queer people involved in art. But definitely the modern definition of camp is kind of that, like, the John Waters aesthetic. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) that
1: was like maybe more so when the vocabulary started to become more developed and mainstream, as I think was mentioned.
0: Yeah, I would say so. I, I'm i probably jumping ahead, but uh, I feel like when John Waters makes what he eventually calls his trash trilogy in the 70s, mm-hmm. which includes the infamous Pink Flamingos mm-hmm. and also includes this super gonzo film that I watched in film school called Desperate Living, mm-hmm. uh, where you have these... Uh, really arch performances and kind of surreal plots, uh, fantasy, sci-fi, all jumbled together, and just yeah. <laughs> there's you know there's a desperate living is kind of like a fairy tale for a trailer park involving rabies.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Um, yep. So, and then yes. Yeah, so, so that's like that's seventy-two to seventy-seven. Uh-huh. So by seventy-seven, everyone's like, okay, so I, we kind of know what camp is now.
2: Yeah, I would also like. It's not just one one key component that defines something as camp rather than just a bad movie is like the internal rules of the universe of whatever thing you're watching are very consistent. Mm -hmm. And like everybody's kind of performing at the same level of like 11, sometimes pulling back to 10, maybe 10 and a (laughs) half, but something like death becomes her like Meryl Streep in that movie It takes a lot of talent to act that badly you know and everybody else in that movie is kind of on that level with her and that's what makes that movie really good despite
1: being terrible this is are you familiar with death becomes her pietro i think it's come up in conversation with simon i talk about it a lot a film from
0: 1992 directed by robert zemeckis okay of back to the future fame uh involving meryl streep of course Mm -hmm. goldie hahn and die-hard's own Bruce Willis. Oh, what yeah. a powerhouse crew there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> also Isabella Rossellini. Okay. Yes. So and, describe and some of the some of the plot energies there. What this is there's there's magic, there's witchcraft, there's
2: Yeah, so it's um it's about two uh, at its core. It is about two women. Who are aging out of their respective professions Um, okay Meryl Streep is playing an actress that nobody quite understands why she's so popular but you know whatever (laughs) Goldie Hawn is like I think she's she starts the movie as an author yeah who is engaged to Bruce Willis's famous plastic surgeon character Bruce Willis's famous plastic surgeon character leaves Goldie Hawn for Meryl Streep yada yada stuff happens (laughs) Goldie Hawn's character reemerges like 14 years later as this incredibly youthful, gorgeous beauty, putting out books about like beauty tips, yada yada. Okay. Meryl Streep is horribly jealous, ends up meeting this witch played by Isabella Rossellini with Fabio the bodyguard. Ooh,
1: okay. <laughs> um, I'm listening. <laughs> yeah,
2: who uh, who gives her a potion of eternal youth. And after she drinks it, she's like, uh, be careful. You're going to be with your body for a long time. Take good care of it Uh (laughs) uh-huh foreshadowing (laughs) yes and then yada yada stuff happens meryl streep ends up uh breaking her neck and that's when she finds out she's dead but reanimated essentially a zombie um so her now professional mortician husband (laughs) is charged with maintaining her spray painting her skin yada yada wow. and then it turns out goldie hawn's character also drank this potion and then they both deteriorate and fight and then realize fighting over a man was stupid and
0: okay then they just are catty queens for the rest of the movie yeah it's this gonzo horror comedy that like <laughs> sort of backs its way into becoming this interesting feminist statement yeah <laughs> uh, with like bizarre do special effects oh incredible special effects for the time yeah meryl streep is kind of doing the full like exorcist my head is backwards yeah, kind of boy. thing and one of them uh, mm, oh, um, uh i don't want to have any spoilers there's there's dismemberment there's dismemberment there's
2: yeah uh goldie <laughs> Hawn pretty quickly can no longer wear a two-piece bathing suit for the rest of the film there, yeah that's one way to put it <laughs>
0: yeah. uh so there's that kind of energy sure. when it comes to very modern camp but yeah, so so I take that back. Do you remember when you, some of your early films, when you were like figuring out what camp was, Simon? What do you, like, oh, oh Baby Jane. Oh yeah, what Baby I, Jane for sure, but also like Clue. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> yeah. 1985's Clue with yeah. Tim Curry, Pietro. Brilliant. Thank you. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, Clue, Barbarella. Obviously,
2: oh yeah. I, I also have a running joke that I don't think straight people can do camp intentionally. They just kind of get camp bestowed upon them. Case in point, Mommy Dearest, sure. Or which no boom. one, yeah, no <laughs> one intended for that movie to be campy, but it sure is. <laughs> um, <laughs> and like Tim Burton's Batman's, and then Joel Schumacher's Batman's, yeah. take up to like a thousand, yeah.
0: <laughs> Especially Batman Returns, I think, has yeah. a campy energy to it.
2: Oh, yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah, that Catwoman. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the full body leather suit.
2: Right, that she had to get sewn into. Right. Yeah. But again, it's all about gender because it's just that extreme hyper femininity. Um, I would also say the uh, on the unintentional straight people made a campy classic thing would be 300. Oh. But on the exact opposite end of the spectrum where it's like glistening muscles incredibly just,
0: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Three hundred, Pietro. Yes, Zack Snyder. <laughs>
1: yeah, I haven't seen that one yet. That's okay. <laughs> yeah, I can picture the cover of the movie and the poster, but exactly as far as I got.
0: <laughs> yes, the Spartans are holding off the Persian army. It's like three hundred versus three thousand. Hey, yeah. Terrible movie. Accidentally it, campy. <laughs> they're all eighty percent nude. Yep. Uh, throwing spears and you know, flinging swords. You know. Yeah for 90 minutes
2: incredibly masculine yeah a lot of yelling
0: <laughs> a lot of screaming a lot of roaring a lot of slow motion mm-hmm. a lot of close-ups yeah Un- Unintend unintentionally can't be uh-huh. <laughs> po- but like possibly get that's the interesting about camp is like the the wondering the investigation of the intent of the right
1: uh, auteur yeah. intentionality is the word that keeps coming to mind
0: for yeah me. Mm-hmm. was this on purpose right with with clue i would say Mostly yes. Yeah.
2: For Clue, sure. Death Becomes Her, Yada yada. Definitely mm-hmm. intentionally campy.
0: So we're talking about camp movies, but we also kind of like tip our dip our toe into B movies too. Mm-hmm. And I think that the idea of B movies is tricky too, because a lot of people think that the B stands for bad. Yeah. And that's not always true. Right. What, what are <laughs> B movies, do you think, Simon?
2: Um, well <sighs> B movies, man, there was so back in the day, movies used to be double features. And you'd yeah. have the A picture oh, with no, the be. big stars and the bigger budget. And then you'd have the B picture with the lesser stars and the smaller budget. It's like a record. Yeah. A <laughs> and B um, And like every studio did A and B pictures. But like RKO Studios in particular, like their B studio, what or their B talent was... Like the guy that ended up directing and winning an Oscar for West Side Story got his start making like the B-movies for RKO Pictures. <laughs> oh, wow. I never knew that. That yeah. seems like
1: maybe just the thing you had to do to pay your dues and rise in the ranks.
2: Right. Um, and then you get, again, intentionally but unintentionally, camp classics like Cat People or Curse of the Cat People, which is actually a Christmas movie. Um, <laughs> and, like, if we're really getting into B-movies, like King Kong was technically an RKO Pictures production. Right. And that that's obviously not camp well no Faye ray in that movie yeah. an icon yeah <laughs> literally name dropped in the rocky horror picture show speaking That's of
0: right. and yeah. that lead that does lead us into the rocky horror picture show which is heavily referential yeah. of rko
2: yeah and camp yeah and b movies and specifically rko b movies also fun facts um rocky horror picture shows saved 20th century fox from going like completely bankrupt because they still hadn't recovered financially from Cleopatra.
0: You're welcome, Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yes, that's tricky. I was going to say like, oh, is Rocky Horror like the first we are a B-movie on purpose kind of gesture, but it was a stage musical first. So that's yeah. technicality there. But yeah. it does, when you get to put that movie on, it does feel like, hey, we are flagrantly a B-movie. Like this mm-hmm, is mm-hmm. this is camp. Yeah, uh, We are, you know... <laughs> lots of lots of references to ed wood also and, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and so ed wood that's there another we go. segue there we go. pietro any familiarity i've seen the john depp the uh, Tim burton, john depp. ed
1: wood movie yep yeah.
2: i hilariously i've never seen that i've never seen the tim burton
0: ed wood movie i've seen it it's po- actually tim burton for what it's worth it's probably his best movie yeah so you
1: know. what what year did it come out do you remember 94 94 because i'm trying to think of when he really like took his dive into not being able to create anything original
2: Ooh, shots fired <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well i mean
1: right
2: somewhere yeah. after
0: sleepy hollow yeah somewhere so that, after 99 okay yeah uh. that's when we lost uh tim burton <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but what though
1: ed in terms of the actual director himself though mm -hmm. i don't believe i have seen any ed wood films but you've probably seen clips of it through some
0: osmosis of just flipping through your television or seeing clips of paper plates as ufos or uh (laughs) vampira just in a cemetery you've it's... Tor
2: Johnson doing anything.
1: Yeah, Tor <laughs> yeah. Johnson's face. It's like part of the cultural nexus, I guess, at this point. of the.
2: Yeah. The, uh, there were also a couple of mystery science theater episodes that used Ed Wood movies. I, man, I have such a complicated relationship with Ed Wood because, you know, Plan 9 from Outer Space is probably one of the worst movies of all time, but it's so earnest in its terribleness. Mm-hmm. Um, and it also, it was literally just this queer guy guy in quotation marks yep. i'll get into that um <laughs> you know making movies with his friends and then like by chance meeting bella lugosi and then being like hey do you want to be in like all of my movies and bella lugosi desperate for money and Broke, keeping his sad heroin yeah i was like oh sh- sure <laughs> yeah <laughs>
0: but uh Ed Wood, Ed, there's something to that Ed Wood making when you watch plan nine from outer space perhaps with a certain set of eyes, you mm. do see sincerity. Like, yeah. these are people... T- <laughs> I was gonna, this going to be back in a couple of minutes. Like, just trying their best on, like, <laughs> yes. a zero budget. <laughs> but uh, everyone is in. Everyone's committed.
1: Yeah. And that earnestness is sort of the... That seems to be the hallmark that has endeared and made him what he is. Sir.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No,
2: I'm going to briefly mention Glenn or Glenda, which is an Ed Wood classic. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm going to shamelessly steal a joke from Frank Conniff here, but Glenn or Glenda, a J.K.
0: Rowling nightmare. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that is a movie that comes out in the mid 50s and talks about just like incredibly recent trans history at the time. And yeah, Ed
2: Wood, probably trans. Right. Didn't have the language for it. (laughs) Probably Ooh, right. didn't appreciate that aspect of themselves. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes walked around as Angora, named after their favorite sweater material. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> That's classic. Yeah.
0: But that spirit, that, mm-hmm. uh, that pluck, that earnestness, that commitment, that kind of guerrilla style filmmaking... Yeah. Of just on the fly with your friends, doing your best, low budget, figuring it out. I find that super endearing. Yes, yeah, I really do. <laughs> right. American movie. American mm-hmm. movie. uh Two gents in Ohio, maybe? I think it's Wisconsin. Thank These you. Packers fans. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Just doing their best, trying to make yes. a horror film. Mm-hmm. Earnestness. Specifically, Coven, not Coven. uh <laughs> They have their whole thing figured out and they're just doing their best. But mm-hmm. it's. I, I would argue
2: that Linda and Evil, the original Evil Dead, is also a very campy figure.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. Wait, is she the one who, um... who
2: like laughs in the corner at him That's constantly? Right. <laughs> yeah, and then he's like, "Shut up, Linda." Yeah, camp. <laughs> but that being said, I wouldn't. Again, camp isn't necessarily bad because then you've got All About Eve, yeah, which is campy as hell. Also, I think nominated for like fourteen Oscars. it's yes. <laughs>
0: like the most decorated uh, Academy Award film almost yeah. in history, as far as the nominations that. Oh yeah,
2: up. it's tied with like Titanic and La La Land. Which, Joanne Woodward.
0: Wow. No, it's Betty Davis. Betty Davis, right. but there is an ingenue oh, in I'm it. Oh, I'm thinking of the Sybil. Oh, Sybil, yeah,
1: yeah. I think maybe was the Joanne Woodward.
0: Mm. All About Eve, I think, is 1950, maybe. We'll, years, check, we'll check the facts yeah uh,
2: years mean nothing time is
1: what's time the is premise of all about Eve
2: um so Betty Davis is like a, a grand theater big popular person and then Eve Harrington is like this this young girl who kind of sneaks her way into Betty Davis's character's life um and then slowly tries to steal her entire stardom oh okay. her yeah <laughs> her lead roles her positive theater critic friends and Baxter yeah Yeah.
0: (laughs) apparently includes an appearance from Marilyn Monroe in the film it does it was one of her earliest film roles Um, that's uh all about Eve it's uh, probably not doesn't come close to Casablanca or uh Citizen Kane but as far as like being parodied or paid homage mm -hmm. to in lots of cartoons or shows like that whole premise of the established star and the up and comer and the the voiceover sure, and all yeah. that stuff. It's I mean been... the the classic line, fasten your seat belts, it's gonna be
2: a bumpy night, that yeah. is from <sighs> All About Eve. I would also say that you can also pretty clearly tell when one of those old school movies is campy Mm -hmm. rather than whatever is how many drag queens have done parodies of it or a character in it. Good benchmark. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, Sunset Boulevard. Yeah. I mean, I think I saw more drag performances of Death Becomes Her than I've actually seen the movie.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Betty Davis. Yeah. An incredible actress. Absolutely. But i feel like at least half of the films i've watched of her she is dipping into camp yeah oh absolutely (laughs) if not all the time and perhaps it was
2: always there and i mean same thing with joan crawford and i don't think it's a mistake that both of them had several gay friends yeah (laughs) Yeah. which kind of brings us to whatever happened to baby jane that movie that they were both in that is just so campy
0: joan crawford betty davis uh two of the biggest stars of their day
2: yeah i think it was 62
0: yep yeah it's like this almost
2: gothic horror movie about two sisters one of whom was betty davis plays baby jane Mm -hmm. who is like an incredibly famous vaudeville child star and then joan crawford plays a character whose name i'm completely blanking on because whatever it's betty davis and joan crawford right? yeah um (laughs) played like someone who aged into being a film star and then made all the money as a film star and uh Joan Crawford, through reasons unknown at the beginning of the film, is in a wheelchair and Betty Davis has to essentially wait on her hand and foot yada yada mm-hmm. um, and it's it's fun for several reasons uh, not to spoil like a 50 some odd year old movie <laughs> um, but at the very very end of it you find out that the villain wasn't Baby Jane <laughs>
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, The thing about Joan Crawford is she's in this amazing noir film, Mildred Pierce, and Mm -hmm. she's seen as this artiste. She's just a great star at that point. But like Baby Jane onwards, she really gets into camp. She makes these really schlocky movies like Straightjacket and Trog. Trog. Yeah. Which I don't which isn't really maybe that's a B movie and not camp.
2: Yeah, Tro well, it's both her because performance it's Joan is Crawford. Camp. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, Joan Crawford's performance is camp in Trog for sure, but that movie as a whole is just bad. Well But again, getting into the camp thing of it yeah. is Trog opens and in the first five minutes you've got two incredibly buff young men stripping down to their underwear and diving into a lake Mm -hmm. where the camera pans slowly over them. Mm -hmm. Like they knew Joan Crawford's audience even back
0: then. (laughs) Right, and this is the thing, is like that's also this, I don't know if it's completely interchangeable, but like when we talk about camp, are we also really just talking about queer? Yeah, that's why I joke that straight people can't do camp intentionally. (laughs) (laughs) It just, it gets bestowed upon them later. (laughs) Let's talk about John Waters a bit. Good old John Waters from Baltimore, Maryland. Cabin into that same kind of Ed Wood energy of like low budget with my friends yep. doing weirdness yep <laughs> yep
1: very much so uh
2: except unlike Ed Wood, he did eventually achieve like some form of mainstream success like obviously we all still know who john waters is and right. like
0: hairspray right right hairspray <laughs> he became kind of like the king of camp he, yeah he kind of embraced that
2: yeah i think he would Monica. also I mean, he definitely calls himself the King of Filth, for sure. That's what it is. Yeah. (laughs) But, and also, through that, also just gleefully embraced camp. Yeah. And just pushed it even further, though. Yeah.
0: (laughs) He did a voiceover appearance on The Simpsons. And his whole thing is, he has a store, and he's like, hey, everything camp is great. So, yeah.
1: I watched that episode kind of recently. Well,
0: there you go. Mm -hmm. It's an episode that hasn't aged terribly well. (laughs) No. So...
1: (laughs) like most of the simpsons (laughs) indeed
2: man
0: so more about b movies so what about what about george romero's night of the living dead that's a that's got b movie energy yeah right Uh, That's got low-budget, gorilla-on-the-fly energy. Not
1: camp, but... This was what was sort of going through my head, is that the B of B-movie really, to me, more represents budget than Mm -hmm. anything else. Yeah. And I think about, like, why are so many horror movies kind of falling into that camp or B-movie thing? And again, it's it's a budget and also blood, in this case. (laughs) But it's like, when you have a low-budget, you can sort of embrace that campiness, Oh yeah, not necessarily by choice, but also sort of you, you make that choice. Mm -hmm. But I think those are all sort of intimately connected the budget and then horror lends itself. You can, you can make a really iconic great horror movie on a cheap budget and use that as sort of a springboard to get yourself more money for the next one.
0: Well, George Romero is 1968. Perhaps I should rewind about 10 or so years to late later fifties, early sixties and ask about Roger Corman. (laughs)
2: <laughs> also yeah.
0: making horror-ish films uh local
2: legend yeah he's, he's from detroit i don't yeah. know yeah um and i think produced over 300 movies he's one of the most prolific just filmmaking guys ever
0: secretly one of the most helpful like networking guys ever who <sighs> has like sort of connected people to get them amazing gigs there yeah. are tons of people jack nicholson included who yeah. can say like I am in this business because of Roger Corman.
2: Yep. Incredible. Um, Yeah. One of Jack Nicholson's first film roles was uh, a bit part in the original Little Shop of
0: Horrors, (laughs) which is. For fans of the 80s version, I think he plays the Bill
1: Murray role. Yes. Incredible. I think I often see that, you know, when there'll be like discount DVDs where they put three (laughs) movies together in one and like, I swear Jack Nicholson's in all of these. They should call them bargain DVDs, B-movies, the B going. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's like, he's in it, I swear, but it's going to be for 15 minutes maybe. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, Reg Corman, I think, makes films like The Terror and he he taps into Poe material. Oh, yeah. I think he works with the... God, the brain is just not there today.
2: Uh, yeah, he did all the um, the Edgar Allan Poe, Vincent Price movies. Thank you, okay. Vincent Price. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Little Shop of Horrors, what a delightful little campy feature.
0: <laughs> yes, uh, the original and or both versions? What are your did thoughts both, on that? for all sure. Right. <laughs> Have you ever seen either
1: of them? I've seen Little Shop of Horrors on VH1's Movies That Rock.
0: <laughs> Pietro! Oh,
1: well... You Know what You're, they're not wrong, it does
2: <laughs> <rock>.
1: <laughs> that's a lot of my childhood summers spent inside watching, yep. VH1 movies that rock, yep. <laughs> that but you,
0: Little Shop of Horrors is remade in '86, and I always say like 30 years is kind of the length that is required for nostalgia to kick in, and I think mm. that it's not a coincidence that like John Waters. 50s-ish energy is really popular around then too so you know
1: definitely and you'll see that that pattern is also very much established in music as well and fashion and all that all of the above I guess yeah
0: like um, in Little Shop of Horrors 86 starring Canada's own Rick Moranis but uh, you know Ellen Green is like straight out of the 50s uh, purposefully I would imagine Right, and Steve Martin as well leather jacket motorcycle a musical (laughs) yeah a movie about plant from space. I haven't seen. Actually, I haven't seen it in a while. A man-eating oh, plant. Same.
2: Man-eating plant <laughs> is the important part.
0: <laughs> Giant mutant Venus flytrap.
2: Mm-hmm. Voiced by one of the Four Tops, if I recall correctly. Oh, wow. incredible. That yeah. makes sense.
1: <laughs> I'm trying to think of what's like the popular song from that that I would know if I heard. I'm not gonna start singing. You don't want me to. Start you could singing. just state it.
2: <laughs> no, it's just I. I just <laughs> remember the title song. The word. I'm not gonna sing oh, it. Oh, I but... remember.
1: Feed Miss <laughs> Emo. That's yeah. right. Yeah yep pietro that's why we got you on this podcast (laughs) yes (laughs) for these pipes pietro can
2: do the voices yeah (laughs) but
0: there's a song about dreaming for the white picket fence and i don't know in this way like yeah camp is sometimes like uh yearning for that culture yearning marks (laughs) for that culture exactly or That might have never really existed.
1: Possibly calling
0: even into question this uh, fascination or delusion of the American dream or whatever the perfect life really is.
2: Mm -hmm. Which, ooh, that gives me a fun, awkward segue into, uh, but I'm a cheerleader. Oh, yeah. (laughs) There we go.
0: (laughs) But I'm a cheerleader. Yeah. Also part of a library event. Yes.
2: uh, Coming up after um, trivia night, we're doing Ferndale Project's Mm -hmm. outdoor movie night. Mm -hmm. Um, I will say. That movie weaponizes camp um, (laughs) (laughs) in order to turn something that is truly horrifying, like conversion camp therapy, or just conversion therapy, into um, something that people can poke fun of and see the absurdity of in a way that, like, obviously queer people realize conversion therapy is garbage, but this movie makes the absurdity of it the forefront so that... Sounds bad, but so straight people can get it that
0: that's incredibly <laughs> tr- that's incredibly true because it's an incredibly serious topic right. technically yeah uh, but, but just it, it's yeah. lampooned yeah
2: like but, taking it into that layer of unreality through camp makes it something that you can laugh at right right yeah the
0: absurdity
1: becomes all the more apparent
2: right like the fact that they're all forced into wearing all pink or all blue separated by gender. The boys play war games outside while the yeah. girls learn
1: how to clean a kitchen. Like it <laughs> sounds very representative of a lot of the things we've been discussing in terms yeah. of gender being right front and center. Yeah. <laughs> Incredible
0: cast, nineteen ninety nine. Mm. Uh Natasha Leon, Play Duvall, Melanie Linsky, Kathy Moriarty?
2: Yeah. RuPaul Charles.
0: And RuPaul Charles. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I, um, speaking of someone who understands camp, like, inside and out, and I don't think ever stops performing camp whenever they are in public, that would be RuPaul
0: Charles. <laughs> Indeed.
2: <laughs> um, but, yeah, that line delivery of, I myself was once a gay, like, that <laughs> lives in my head, rent-free at all times. <laughs>
0: uh. Um, what else is on your, on your notes though over there, Simon? Oh, geez. Okay. That we had to touch on today. Okay. Who,
2: who haven't we gotten to? Separating camp from bad movies. Death becomes her.
0: I think that's important. I don't know if we've struck on that enough. Like separating camp from bad movies. Mm. I think it's important to note that these are sometimes movies that people feel like they need to maybe laugh at for the wrong reasons. Like they're laughing at it because it's low budget or cheesy, but some of these movies aren't necessarily comedies. You know what I mean? yeah yeah again it's mm. coming back to that sincerity like you might yeah l- laugh when <laughs> suddenly someone turns into what is clearly like a, a classroom laboratory skeleton in an ed wood movie like <laughs> uh, on a smash cut but like <laughs> everyone on that set is like believing it and selling Mm -hmm. it so well yeah it's the um it's
2: the intentional world building right that contributes to the campiness of it like i don't
0: i just don't want people to be mean-spirited in their laughter at it i don't want them deriding it like you can have i don't know there's no rules here either (laughs) you can laugh at it if you want to i'm sorry i'm not in any soapbox here but yeah
2: but like i i wouldn't necessarily say things like the room are camp
0: Oh, uh, with Tommy... Tommy Wiseau. Wiseau. Yeah. Wiseau. Also late 90s.
2: Somehow. Somehow.
0: <laughs> also, um, s- momentarily in pop culture, supplanted Plan 9 from Outer Space as being the worst movie ever. Yeah. Yes.
2: Um, I, I have a pet theory that... Tommy Wiseau is like a vampire that got mad cow disease and forgot he was a vampire and decided to spend his like hoarded zillions making a terrible movie. Um. (laughs) Plausible, yeah. Plausible. It it explains the accent. It explains
1: how he came out of nowhere. (laughs) Right. That is an interesting case of intentionality because. Now he tries to claim that it was, like, supposed to be wink-wink the whole time. and Intentionality.
0: Nobody... When he walks out onto a rooftop and says, I did not hit her, I did not, it's a lie,
1: mm-hmm. oh,
0: hi, Mark. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> which people have probably heard in a GIF somewhere. Yep. It's but... hard to say, was that not intentional?
2: Well, the, th- the thing with that movie is not everybody is participating in the campiness of it, which is mm-hmm. why I don't think I could call that movie camp. Right like it's absurd Um, just the all of a sudden a woman walking in and going well it's cancer like (laughs) absurd not camp
0: (laughs) this reminds me as far as like what what movie the actor thinks they're in yeah (laughs) randomly reminded me and this is a tangent but randomly (laughs) reminded me of like things I've often heard probably from Glenn Weldon concerning Billy Zane and Titanic oh yeah (laughs) if you watch Titanic Billy Zane is in a different movie or he he understands something that someone else in the movie doesn't mm-hmm. understand about how to be in this movie.
2: Actually, that's how I feel about Uma Thurman in uh, Batman and Robin totally. as she's playing Poison Ivy. She's clearly the only person who had gay friends in her life going, <laughs> no, you need to do this.
0: <laughs> she's at 11 yeah, when she becomes yeah. Poison Ivy in that film.
1: Yes. Um, And Chris
0: O'Donnell is still at like three or four.
1: Yeah. (laughs) I saw that in theaters and it was wonderful. (laughs) (laughs) Very, another movie that's very ripe for the internet and for memes.
2: Yeah. And also just like the direction of it. Yeah. They were clearly trying to be campy as hell. And nine times out of 10, they do succeed in being incredibly campy, but it's just... You can tell who got the memo about what mm, that movie was right. and who
0: didn't. <laughs> in both of Joel Schumacher's Batman films, I think he he has and I, probably the same actors. He has side characters who are like news reporters or whatever at whatever gala Bruce Wayne is going to. And they are, they know what movie they're in. Yeah,
2: they're acting in an Ed Wood movie. Like. Exactly.
0: <laughs> and, and Joel clearly brings them back for Batman and Robin 2 to just be at a gala being that same energy. So... Mm-hmm. It's just that his his Bruce Wayne actors don't get that memo. But Uma Thurman got that memo. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh,
2: I would argue that, um,
1: oh, crap, what's his name?
2: Mm, the guy that plays the penguin.
1: Danny DeVito. Danny DeVito yeah. got the memo. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm wondering, sort of as a segue from there, you think about the Arnold Schwarzenegger character, mm-hmm. and, and that is Mr. Freeze. I'm, I'm in the right Batman movie, right? You, you are, yeah. Batman and Robin. <laughs> so then think about... What is the intentionality? What is the campiness level of saying like all his bad jokes about being frozen and cool off and take a chill pill and Listen, stuff like that? There
0: are montages out there oh, that I, you can mm-hmm. watch. Yes. And I swear to God, I had no idea how many puns he actually makes. It's like 19. Yeah, in-
2: I'm sorry, you, the pun king <sighs> of oh, yes. the Ferndale Area District Library, well, did not realize how I, many puns I, were in a movie?
0: I... I <laughs> I'm still yeah and I'm just frankly amazed uh at how many he squeezes in in just a 2 hour movie and I it, it's not a film that I just return to often though you no. know Oh just no and that's and that's more George Clooney's fault or Chris O'Donnell's fault than it is Uma or Arnold's fault. Mm-hmm.
2: Like I I return right. to that opening dance number that Uma Thurman does often every yep. time I'm like was that a reference to that on Drag Race? 9 times out of 10, <laughs> yes. <laughs>
0: And that's a whole other aspect is that, again, you, you mentioned how often you could see it in a drag show. It's yeah. like there's all those reference points mm. that you can start to see on mm. perhaps Drag Race, which is now hosted by a co-star of But I'm a Cheerleader. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and so what's the line between, like, parody and camp and B-Movie interesting. too? Interesting. Because there's that's, a lot of, like... Action movies or parodies of action movies, which can be one and the same sure that sort of start to mm-hmm. f- fall into that realm But it doesn't feel like it has that same The, character, the other I word guess. you'll
0: hear is spoof. This is a spoof on something mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. airplane perhaps Yeah, which is a spoof of all like bad old B movies mm. Yeah, I'm not sure where whether uh-huh. Or
2: like the the disaster classics of the late 70s, like Towering Inferno or The Poseidon Adventure, mm-hmm. which are campy in their own way. I feel like,
0: remember at the start of the pandemic when everyone was like, is this cake? I feel like this entire episode <laughs> I've been like, is that camp? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The disaster films, which were star-studded. Yes. Uh just grabbing everyone from hollywood including probably rat pack people and charlton heston and who knows who yeah
2: uh fred astaire in yeah. towering inferno just bring them all just, in yeah <laughs> or you know um avalanche with rock hudson oh and, yeah and um oh crap what's her name played rosemary and rosemary's baby mia farrow mia farrow yeah <laughs> Interesting. um but no sorry you you had a good point it's what what's parody or what's mm-hmm. camp i man that's that's another one where it's like uh, how queer is it? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and there can be moments that are campy, like especially Airplane has its moments that are campy, sure. but yeah, ultimately, I, would, I don't know if I would call Airplane Camp.
0: No. Yeah. Again, it's an intentionality. Yeah, and the
1: designation mm-hmm. of that, I guess.
0: And then in the wake of Airplane, you still see lots of parody movies, but it, that's all that you're past that moment where everyone was like, oh, airplane was profitable. We'll just do what they did. Yeah. Or, oh, Star Wars are profitable. We'll just do what mm-hmm. they did. Which so. also
2: kind of came after what ha- ever happened to Baby Jane too. You had a bunch of movies that were trying so hard to be that movie yeah. without understanding that the core component is that people were, the people behind whatever happened to Baby Jane Uh were trying so hard to make something new and fresh and interesting, right? (laughs) and then pushed everything up to 11 in order to make that happen. And it's kind of hard to capture that lightning in a bottle
0: again. We've been talking about performances at 11, and I've been trying to find a way to bring up Nicolas Cage. Oh, Uh, yes, here we go. (laughs) Vampire's Kiss. Uh, Vampire's Kiss, (laughs) a movie from 1987, I think uh where a lot of a lot of memes that you see of Nicolas cage's face come from this movie yes
2: um and that is that's actually also a really good example of a performance that's camp in a movie that's not camp right. uh, i yeah. think he's kind of
1: known for that though, yes i would say
0: <laughs> i'm thinking of moonlight
1: uh, yeah. as mm-hmm. well
2: or like the bad lieutenant port of call new orleans
0: <laughs> oh man by Werner herzog you should see that movie pietro <laughs> it's a trip yeah, And again, no one else really knows what movie they're in in that movie. But
2: <laughs> Nicolas Cage got the memo. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Nicolas Cage a thousand percent got the memo. Mm-hmm. But uh, Exhibit did not get the memo. Val Kilmer did not get the memo. Uh,
1: oh, wow. Uh,
2: that's the cast? That's the wow. cast. Yeah. And it's, it's like a sequel to a really serious crime drama.
1: Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if that was what is
0: yeah. another fun tangent just to ponder because it's, he's not camp, but he is definitely making weird movies that have the surrealism and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. kind of a lo-fi guerrilla quality and un, unprofessional actors. I don't really know what's in his existential head, but like, yeah. you can again,
2: straight people can't really make camp. Exactly. <laughs> so... <laughs>
0: Which is why this is the Pride Month event. Yes. For Movie Trivia, <laughs> as well as But I'm a Cheerleader. Absolutely. So you have movie trivia, June 5th, But I'm a Cheerleader, June 8th. Mm-hmm. The former hosted at 215 West, the latter hosted at the Project. So mm-hmm.
2: Oh, I I my, my fun little note that camp classics are classics because the absurdity is a preservative. Ah. <laughs> that's Perfect. a great
0: note.
1: Encapsulation.
2: Yeah. I don't know where to go from there because I haven't had enough caffeine today. But you know <laughs> i don't think we would still be getting drag performances from all about eve or sunset boulevard references or anything like that if it weren't absurd Mm -hmm. (laughs) um which lends it to like this kind of timelessness Mm -hmm. and like like it's a like queerness in general is like a non-hereditary culture Mm -hmm. and like how do you preserve that culture in a way that future generations you can just be like Oh, they're a regular George and Martha. Right. And then you've got like a 20-year-old going, who's George and Martha? And then you shove, you know, um, who's afraid of Virginia Woolf at their faces, okay. you know. Um, so that's, that's kind of what camp is for me.
0: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Absurdism is freeing. It's celebratory. It's like you are not bound by... You're not. Yeah. You're literally not bound by the rules anymore at that point. Yeah, you know.
1: It seems l- to lend itself very well to internet culture as well. Yeah. That, yeah. that, <laughs> the longevity factor. Yes.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's just breaking you out of the status quo doldrums. You know, mm-hmm. for sure. Uh, Pietro, did, do you have any lingering questions about? b-movies in camp
1: (laughs) um i'm almost a little bit embarrassed do you want to go
0: do you want to go watch pink flamingos
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah that sounds like a great idea i think i've seen parts of it yeah but i have not sat down and watched all of it
0: can i and you've seen clue i have seen Mm. clue a Uh, few times and speaking of
2: oh before before we bounce
0: i also have a note that like Moira
2: Rose from Shit's Creek, campy performance in what is normally just like a comedy. Mm-hmm. And also like the fun ways that anime has embraced camp, oh, like yeah. JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, which I would argue that the entire appeal of that show is the camp factor of it. <laughs> but it's always interesting to see things that are campy, but from an international perspective, like Adventures of Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. Right. It's a different culture. Right. Because it's Australia. <laughs> so it's parodying like Australia.
0: Mm. <laughs> What I was going to say with camp is just a general note of appreciation for the late, great Madeline Kahn. Mm -hmm. Because when you watch Clue and then watch Sunset Boulevard so closely together, you can see, oh, Madeline Kahn is full on channeling Gloria Swanson. Not like stealing it, but like such a cool homage in what she's doing.
2: Well, it's like Elvira was a parody of of Morticia Adams, Adams, who was a parody of like the classic hollywood lady monsters like bride of frankenstein sure. and yada mm-hmm. yada it's yeah camp it's yeah. a couple of degrees of separation culture and quotation marks. Melancon, <laughs> playing
0: <blanket laughs> at 11 yeah whatever mel brooks movie she's in she's 11 so mm-hmm. camp it's camp. 11 yeah <laughs> camp it's at 11 b movies sincerity mm-hmm. earnestness
1: I think we need some sound effects in this, personally. <laughs> Recommend
0: them. I'll go hunt them down. <laughs> okay. That um, would be great if we had, like, a folly artist who was, like, just banging on yeah. metal or just, like... Or
2: just, like, a soundboard at this point. Yes. Right.
0: Right. <laughs> it would be so earnest. <laughs> Are there any camp films or B-movies that have recently perhaps been added to the library's collection off the top of your head? That you're jazzed about? Trog, of course. Trog,
2: yeah. Um, Trog, we did recently purchase the Blu-ray copy of Death Becomes Her because the DVD copy notoriously had a bad transfer. Uh, Um, Blu-ray supposedly looks a lot better. I haven't actually watched it yet. Um, We did also just get the director's cut of But I'm a Cheerleader which is going to be in my hot little hands until we actually do that screening of it. So we Sweet. have it for screening night. Sweet. Um, Could I add Spice World? Oh, that? yeah. Spice. Oh, yeah. Spice World. Oh, we went the whole podcast. without that bringing out Spice <laughs> oh World. Oh, my gosh. Well, um, Spice, Spice World, World. Yeah. I would joke that Spice World is a movie designed for drag queens but played by cis women. <laughs> like... Interesting. Yeah. <laughs>
0: 1996. Seven? I think Was a, it ninety nine?
1: Yeah, I think it's a little bit later. I think Thank it's you. it's Closer yes. to Y two K. Yeah. Because
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> um, they like,
0: were at the peak of their popularity when mm-hmm. that movie yeah. came out.
2: Yeah. No. That that movie is campy as hell. <laughs> yes.
1: Um, Alan Cummings, of mm-hmm. course. Mark, Mark McKinney. Mark yep. McKinney. There's um, a lot of kids in the hall floating around. Yeah. This. <laughs> I keep on thinking of Premise Beach when we've been describing things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i digress oh yeah um yeah so many people are in that
2: movie um there's also like a couple people from the rocky horror picture show in spice world nice. like meatloaf
1: is the bus driver yes. mm-hmm. um so many little gems like yeah. that, that. i was not expecting
2: yeah but that's another movie where it's like they constructed an entire in like in movie universe from the ground up where it's just absurd yeah, and everybody got the memo that it was like oh we're turning the absurdity up to like a bazillion yeah. and
1: just roll with it and it's super referential like
0: yeah. to the max <laughs> right <laughs> it's its own universe yeah narrative universe it's a different it, it I was going to say it's a, it's a it's almost a different planet earth it is in fact a spice, spice world, world. <laughs> that you are entering so you're arriving on a different planet that's true you're right like planet. i said the king of puns yeah <laughs> uh so it's been a blast pietro thanks for joining us my pleasure yeah on this podcast about b movies in camp thank you for listening at home uh it's a little too quiet the ferndale library podcast and it's brought to you by the friends of the ferndale library please remember to rate review, subscribe and tell your friends about this sh- this little show that we make but also tell your friends about all the amazing library events that we host including movie trivia and a movie night at Ferno Project. Also, come check out our DVDs and Blu-rays. Yeah. We'll be back next week with more. Thanks for listening.
1: Feed me, Seymour. That's right.